No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. What's really good, my people? This is your boy, Sean Little, back with another episode of The Little Rant. I'm going to try to get y'all some more audio, some more thoughts from me, the creator of No Catch Up Chicago, because I want to give y'all my thoughts, man. I want to get these get these ideas and these thoughts out of my head and to you guys so we could talk about them. Biggest news of the week, Vic Fangio announced today is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. As probably like a ton of you guys, I've been in a little haze with the Bears down, the way the season ended, all that. It was devastating, crushing, throw an adjective on it, whatever you want to do. It was a rough, rough Sunday. Then the rest of the week with us losing, then Vic leaving. It's been tough, right? So I'm thinking, and of course, like I always do, I always try to pull the positive out of the situation and figure out, you know, where do we go from here? We got a good defense. Vic Fangio is a big part of it, but we got a lot of talent. We could bring someone in here. Keep it moving. Keep it moving along. I went back and looked at some classic defenses in the Super Bowl era, and I kept it pretty recent. I, I, I looked at the, tw- the, 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 the 2000 Ravens. I looked at the 2002 Bucks, the 2008 Steelers, and then I looked at the Seattle Seahawks Legion of Boom. 2012 and 2013 young defense very whole squad as a whole very similar to the Chicago Bears very young quarterback Russell Wilson Mitchell Trubisky very young defense you guys know our studs their studs Cam Chancellor Richard Sherman I wanted to talk about how I know Vic is leaving but that doesn't mean it's all it's all bad I compare the 2012-2013 Seahawks with these Chicago Bears. I found some interesting stuff. Make sure you check out the YouTube page if you have not already. Subscribe. We're dropping videos weekly, shows weekly. If you're listening right now, you're listening to this on audio only. But make sure you go check out our YouTube page. we got tons of stuff on it. At No Catch Up Chicago on YouTube. Also, Help your boy out, man. Help us out. Drop a five-star review if you're on iTunes, if you're on Spotify. Like it, share it, pass it along. I would greatly appreciate that. A little rant. Why we shouldn't be so sad that Vic Fangio's leaving. The future's bright. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Listen up. It's finally done. I'm over it. The Bears lost 16-15 on Sunday. We know what happened with Cody Parkey and the special teams unit. We know what happened with the defense giving up a late touchdown. I'm over it. And I'm officially over it because Vic Fangio was just introduced in Denver as the head coach today. I wasn't, it was like a double whammy. Sunday we lose the game. Heartbreaker. Crushed. I haven't been that crushed in a minute. I don't know what it was, but I was crushed to my core. Like, I was sick, upset. Went home, didn't talk to my girl, sat on the couch. The next morning, I was still sick. 
then we all knew Vic was going to get some calls, right? He's probably one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Absolutely one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, if not the best uh, defensive coordinator in the league right now. We knew he was going to get some looks from coaches around the league or organizations around the league to try to bring him over. And today was the day. It was like a it was like a double whammy. Like I was oh so the game happened Sunday. I was over it by Tuesday. Then they announced Vic is gone. So now I'm sick another day. And now it's Thursday and I'm back good. And I'm thinking, first off, big ups to Vic Fangio. Thank you for the service. Last four years, especially this year, have been extremely memorable. What you got the defense to do this year and, and how they rallied around each other and played for each other. Um, I and, and th- It was just an awesome thing to see. That unit loved each other. They still love each other because most of them are going to be back. They were playing for each other in, a, in a, a greater good. And I think Vic installed all that. But we know about Vic Fangio. He's been a monster forever. He's been in the league 32 years, a coordinator 19 years. I was going back and I was looking at some of the spots he's been in. I didn't even realize he was the defensive coordinator at Stanford before then going uh, to the Niners with Harbaugh. I didn't even realize that was Vic. If you remember that uh, San Francisco 49ers team, that 2012 team, they had some studs on there. And, And the studs... On the roster is going to be a reoccurring theme in this uh, Vic Fangio tribute thoughts going forward for the Chicago Bears defense now that he's gone podcast. That's going to be a staple is that I'm going to keep bringing up big time talents that these big time uh, defensive coordinators are, are scheming with. We'll put it that way. Patrick Willis. Stop it. Navarro Bowman. I'm just going down the list. Ray McDonald. These were all monsters. Dante Whitner, a.k.a. Hitner. That was like the little transition before the league got super serious. Dante Whitner used to blow people up. You came over the middle and Whitner, the hitman, was hitting you, and he would let you know about it. So I didn't really realize Vic was a part of that squad. So he's been part of some prolific defenses over the years, and I'm happy to see him uh go out there and get a head coaching job in Denver. The biggest thing that I wanted to talk about was I've been so down the last like three or four days, right? I'm thinking about the Bears, the future. I know we have the core in place, but it's just, I just couldn't get over that that dark cloud that losing the game the way we did has brought upon me. But what helps me get out of that cloud is knowing how much talent we have coming back next year and the type of numbers that they put up last or this year. You guys already know 17.7 points per game that led the league giving up first in takeaways, crazy amount of interceptions. I think we ended the year with like 27 interceptions. Ridiculous ball Hawks on defense third and total yards. So we know about RD. We know how dominant they were this year and how key, of a part of the team that they are and will be going forward. All that being said, our coordinator's leaving. So I started to think about different 
squads and those all-time defenses in the past, I don't know, 20 years, right? We got the 2,000 Ravens, 22 bucks, 2,002 bucks, 2008 Steelers, 2013 Seahawks, and I'm going to kind of touch on all those, but the 2013 Seahawks really jumped out to me, and I'm going to get into that in a second. But I want to I want I have some more thoughts on Fangio that I want to get into. First off, I watched the intro press conference and I, I I thought I loved Fangio, but I just loved him more. The more and more I I listen to him, the more and more I read about him. He's a no nonsense, let's play football, let's play defense type of guy. They talked about um McCaskey gave him a tie to wear. It's an orange tie to wear. Or as like a parting gift. And he wore it today at the Denver press conference. He talked to McCaskey about, hey, can I wear my my sweats to the press conference? His classic gray sweats. I take those comments as he doesn't care about all this hoopla. He doesn't care about press conferences and getting dressed up in a suit and doing all that. Those are things that he's going to have to adjust to. Being a head coach now in the NFL, being the face of the franchise, being someone that's running the team. But those aren't, he, that doesn't interest him. And I knew that, and it was cemented today when I was watching the press conference. He had a really short opening statement. He said, you know, happy to be here, blah, 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 blah. I gave the full, I'm really glad, you know, Elway took liking to me, and it's been a good marriage, and I'll open up the floor to questions. He's not trying to give you some real fluffed up intro about how he's going to win this many Super Bowls and win that many Super Bowls. He's not interested in that. That's not what he's about. He's going to go out there and show you what time it is on the field. There's a quote going into the presser that he was talking about the end of the season and getting ready for the job. And I quote, There's the disappointment in the sudden end of the season and shock of the game, Fangio said of his emotions on Sunday night. Those are the emotions you have to get through. Once the game was over, I went back to my office after a few hours of mourning and put together something for John and his guys. It was easy because I I didn't take a fancy presentation. I just took my stuff I use daily and yearly, and I didn't have to work too hard to do that. What I took out of that was he went to Elway like, yeah, you see the tape. <laughs> you see what you want me to come up here and do a whole PowerPoint? Nah, that's not gonna happen. You see the tape, you see what time it is, you see how my boys rally to the ball, you see how we turn people over. Let's have a conversation. If you're rocking with my vision and how I do things, we can get it done. Now One other thing that I did read prior to checking out the presser with Fangio getting introduced for the Denver Broncos today was Mike Florio of NBC Sports said, Fangio's so hell-bent on being a head coach, he's willing to do whatever John John Elway wants, including letting Elway pick the staff. Ugh. Ugh. That was my first thought when I read that. I was like, ugh. I want Vic to succeed. He's been in the league 32 years. 19 of them have been as a defensive coordinator. 
This is his first shot at being a head coach. I don't know if you should go into a brand new situation, a fresh start, your first time being a head coach, and not have full control over picking your staff. And I think that partly has to do with Elway. Elway, he's not a, a executive first. He's a player first. He had great success bringing in Peyton Manning. Hasn't had much success after that, especially picking quarterbacks and making big decisions. I hope Fangio has the flexibility to go out there, pick who he wants to come in and help him create that culture that he wants to create in Denver. And I hope Elway, for Fangio's sake, doesn't try to control too much of what Vic wants to do. I'll leave that there. The reason for this pod was, like I said, I was trying to get out of the funk and I started to think of these old killer defenses since I've been an avid NFL fan. And you guys will know all these. And if you don't, hop on Pro Football Reference, hop on YouTube, and if you're too young, go check out some highlights. Go read up on some of these defenses, some of the best defenses of all time. The 2000 Ravens, you remember the boys. Brian Billick is the head coach. Trent Dilfer is the quarterback. You remember. The 2000 Baltimore Ravens gave up 165 total points. 165 total points. That's 10.3 a game. Are you serious? 165 points given up? Teams nowadays scoring 50? Games ending 50-45? Shout out Pat Mahomes. They gave up 165 in 17 games? It's disgusting. And shout out Trent Dilfer. They lost four games that year. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So that's crazy. But let's get back to the theme of roster and talent. Listen to these players on the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense. Ray Lewis, 25 years old. Rod Woodson, forgotten free safety legend. I don't know if he's forgotten, but I haven't heard his name in a long time. And when I was reading this, I was like, wow, that boy Rod Woodson is a legend. Peter Boulware, dog. Tony Saragusa, dog. Jamie Sharper, Dwayne Starks. These are all studs from back in the day. And I don't know about you guys, but I just automatically assumed that Ed Reed was on that 2000 team. Ed didn't come in the league till 22. 2002. That was his first year with the Ravens was 2002. I think when people talk about that 2000 Ravens team, at least me, I just automatically in my head put Ed Reed in there. But talent is the major key and it's going to be the reoccurring theme as we talk about these defenses. Defensive coordinator Marvin Lewis. He had been there for, he was a mainstay. He had been there a couple years at the time and I think he continued to be there a couple couple years after that. Let's switch over to the 2002 Bucks. 
another Super Bowl champion. They gave up 12.3 points a game. (laughs) Like, that's ridiculous. To give you a comparison, as I mentioned earlier, the Bears gave up 17.7, basically 18 points a game. The 2002 Tampa 2 cover 2 Buccaneers were giving up 12.3 points a game. Monty Kiffin is the defensive coordinator. He'd been around for a little while. And by a little while, I mean forever. Let's talk about some talent on that 2002 Buck squad. Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber, John Lynch, Simeon Rice, Warren Sapp. Stop. They're loaded up. They're loaded up. Let's move over to the 2008 Steelers. They were stacked up. 13.9 a game. Given up. That was first in the league. Defensive coordinator, the legendary Dick LeBeau, who's been in the news lately after Ryan Clark talked about, told the story about uh, A.B. Antonio Brown yelling at Dick LeBeau. Dick LeBeau's a legend. Legendary coach. But let's talk about some of the players that he was coaching. James Ferrier. James Harrison. Ryan Clark, Troy Palomalu, still underrated, Troy Palomalu. Someone needs to talk about Troy Palomalu once a day. Like, there should be a 45-second segment on SportsCenter on Troy Palomalu. Dude was an animal, an underrated animal. And I say underrated, he got his clout when he was playing in the league and he was talked about a ton, but I haven't heard much after, man. Troy Palomalu. That's my dog. He was a he was a real deal beast. Ike Taylor. Larry Foote. Brett Kiesel. Like these are strong old school big dogs. Talented, talented rosters. And then let's switch over to the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. Legion of Boom. The reason these guys caught my eye is because in 2012, the Seattle Seahawks remind me of the Chicago Bears. They went 11 and 5, first in points allowed at 15. That's that was first in the league. Their defensive coordinator at the time was Gus Bradley. We'll get back to that. But the 2012 Seattle Seahawks on defense, listen to the young talent. Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. Bobby Wagner was 22. KJ Wright, 23. Cam Chancellor, 24. Richard Sherman, 24. Earl Thomas, 23. That core, right there, young boys, reminds me of Roquan Smith, Leonard Floyd, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, Khalil Mack. These are all young dudes that are going to make an impact on our squad. Akeem Hicks. The reason this is key 
It's because in 2012, those boys really came together on defense. They were good in 2011. They gave up like 20 points a game, seventh in the league that year. But in 2012, the Legion of Boom made a statement. They were real because of the talent I just named. Defensive coordinators Gus Bradley. They lost in the playoffs, but they made similar to the Bears. They lost in the playoffs, and people were saying, yo, this team's going to be back next year, and they're going to be stronger than ever. In 2013, the Seattle Seahawks win the Super Bowl with a new defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. Why not the Bears? Seattle lost Gus Bradley. He got a head coaching job somewhere. I don't even remember where it was at the time. Gus Bradley left Seattle, got another coaching job, and in 2013, the Seattle Seahawks stayed at number one points against at 14.4. They were the best defense in the league with with a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn. That sounds like us to me. We pick up Khalil Mack. We finally come into our own as a defense. The young players are clicking. Roquan is a is a home run by Ryan Pace in the draft. He's running around everywhere. Jan, uh, Danny Trevathan still smacking boys play after play. This sounds like us. That 2012 Seahawks... Also had a young quarterback by the name of Russell Wilson. Sounds like us to me. The reason I wanted to hop on the mic and talk about this is because it seems gloomy and it seems like, wow, Vic is a huge loss, which he is. But we can bounce back from this. We can bounce back from that crazy end of the season. We can we can bounce back from losing our defensive coordinator, Vic Fangio. And we can keep shit moving just like the 2013 Seattle Seahawks did. They won the Super Bowl 43-8. to Grand Peyton Manning and the Broncos off the field. If we can channel that that frustration with how the season ended with a second-year quarterback who showed that he can get shit done and play ball in pressure, pressure situations, the way he closed that Eagles game, that last drive from him, second-year quarter or second-year head coach, excuse me, the defense playing together for the second full year. If you remember, Roquan got in late. Khalil Mack came in late. The more time together, the better. I don't see why the Chicago Bears can't be the 2013 Seattle Seahawks. Young quarterback, young defense, all transitioning into that second full year together. They went 13-3 and and won the Super Bowl. I don't see why that can't be the Chicago Bears. All the talk about Vic, defensive coordinators, top brow, 
defensive guys, offensive guys, McVay and all this, Kingsbury and all these marquee coaches, it's more about talent than everything. And we'll get into a couple possible replacements as D coordinator for the Bears here in a second. But the biggest thing is talent. You know why Vic wanted to go to Denver? He wants to be a head coach, but he's looking at Von Miller. He's looking at Chubbs over there. He's like, yo, I can't coach the Bears, so I might as well go coach Denver with some edge pass rushers like they have and some young talent like they have. I could build around that. More, it's more about talent than the coordinator. The coordinator gets shit in order, gets it together, but the best coordinator in the world, if he doesn't have any all-world talent, they're not going to do anything. Those names that I mentioned on those Baltimore, that 2000 Baltimore team, that 2002 Bucks team, that 2008 Pittsburgh team, that 2013 Seattle Seahawks team, Those are all studs, Hall of Famers, Derrick Brooks, Warren Sapp, James Harrison, Ray Lewis. It goes on and on. As good as those coordinators were, that talent was stacked up. It was there. And that's exactly what we have in Chicago. I hate to see Vic go. I'm happy he got a head coaching job in Denver. But we can hire someone that could come in and do great things just like Dan Quinn did in 2013 in Seattle. I've had a few people ask me, what do you want to see out of the next defensive coordinator? I talked about it in a couple of my group chat with the, uh, a couple of group chats with the homies. We threw out Greg. <laughs> we were talking about Greg Williams. We don't know if that'd be a great fit, but he's a good D coordinator. He puts bounties on people's heads. And that's another story that got pushed under the rug. That that never comes up anymore either. He's back in the league like that shit never happened. He was literally putting money on people's heads. If you knocked someone out of the game or you gave them a big shot, you were getting cash money. It's not talked about anymore. So we don't know if that's a good fit, but he's a good D coordinator. The main thing for me, I don't know who it's going to be, there's a couple of names out there. Vance Josephs, who used to be the head coach in Denver. Steve Wilkes, he got a raw deal in Arizona. But these are both two defensive guys. We could also go internal and hire Ed Donatel, the secondary coach. And I, I thought something was very interesting. I heard uh, Lewis Riddick on ESPN 1000 the other day. Talk about Ed Donatel could be a great fit because he sees the defense top down meaning the secondary down through the linebackers down through the defensive linemen and he thinks that's a very valuable skill and i'd never thought about that but that's interesting if you can learn and know the secondary the rest of the stuff who's blitzing when to blitz where people need to be if you understand the secondary and how to cover people and cover space The other stuff will come a little easier. If it's Ed Donatel, if it's Steve Wilkes, if it's Vance Joseph, I just want someone that's going to come in and keep these guys 
as close-knit as they already are. That's the biggest thing for me. These boys know how to play defense. Eddie Jackson know how to play safety, bro. He don't need no coaching. Khalil Mack knows how to come off the edge. He needs no coaching. Keep the continuity together. Keep everyone playing for each other. Bring that high energy, that spirit, that same Vic Fangio, I'm here to coach. I don't care about all this hoopla. Where are my sweats? Let's bust people in the mouth. I don't want to talk to the media. I don't want to put on a suit. Bring that same energy. It's all about the team. It's all about defense. It's all about getting to the ball. It's all about turning people over. Bring that, and you won't even have to do much coaching with the talent we got on this defense. You won't have to coach too much. And they proved that this year. Congrats to Vic Fangio. But the Bears defense and the Bears squad overall next year, the future is bright.